Heart for the Harvest 2018. Heart for the Harvest is more than an offering, truly a movement. All around the world, people have been saved, clothed, healed. It's, it only heaven will record all that God has done with the sacrifice of promisers, really from the beginning of this congregation 23 years ago, but especially in Heart for the Harvest where, he, where we have sacrificed so incredibly. Let me ask you a question. Is your faith made of rubber or glass? If you had to choose one of those two, rubber or glass, far too many, too many American Christians, we have a faith that is fragile. And really what God's design and desire is, is that our faith be living and active and our faith to grow. Really what we want to do is we want to help you develop biblically a faith that bounces back. But far too many people, they don't have a faith of rubber, they have a faith of glass. A faith that when we're tried, a faith that when we enter difficulty, a faith that when things happen that we, the way we didn't desire or want, that we tend to fall away. We tend to, we tend to blame God. The book of James, God says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various what? Consider it what? Now, if we could just be really honest, come on. Not many of us look at trials and say, yay. We look at trials and say, it's not fair. I can't believe this is happening. And so our faith doesn't grow because when we get an opportunities for our faith to grow, we're mad about it. Is that fair? Is that fair? Y'all out there? Come on. I hear you breathing. Consider it all joy when you undergo various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfected, complete, lacking what? See, we want to be believers, those of us that have met Jesus. We want to be believers that bounce back. We want to be believers that lack nothing, but we don't want to be put in a position to learn in our faith to grow, that our faith becomes a faith that bounces back. Is that, is that fair? So for the last couple of weeks, we have been, we've entered into our Heart for the Harvest season. We prayed for miracles of restoration, relationships, prodigals. We prayed for jobs and financial miracles and provisions. We prayed this weekend for healing that God, Jehovah Rapha, would touch people and move. And it will all culminate next weekend in a real love offering that we all will pray, that we all will sacrifice together, and an offering that's going to go to make an incredible difference. In the information piece that we created for you, send every other seat back. You can look in the back and review where previous Heart for the Harvest offerings have gone. You can also go to the front cover and you'll see where, again, I've said this whole series the executive team and myself, we, we determine the vision, but you decide the speed of the vision by your level of serving and giving. And so, but these are things we're going we're gonna to launch four new campuses. We're going to relocate some of our existing campuses. We're going to build an operations center at Pellissippi property for all of our campuses. And then we would love to pay the debt off, $3.8 If you go to the center, you'll see a little bit about the Nairobi project 
and we're going to give up to $150,000 depending on how well Heart for the Harvest goes. But that video that you watched was all about our partnership with that community, with that school, and with that church. So I want to challenge you. Take the Heart for the Harvest envelope, take it home, pray over it, and next weekend, bring your offering back, and then during services at all of our campuses, we will bring these at a time of the service, and we will drop them in the offering. Our children will get to do Heart for the Harvest uh, in kids' ministry. Our students will give it in our adult service. And again, all the offerings between the students and the kid are gonna, kids are going to provide uniforms and some stuff for that school. It's going to be incredible. And really, taking the envelope home and talking to your kids about what's going on is an incredible opportunity to teach some of our values. We tell them of him. We give generously. Are you with me? Come on. And as, as we do that, as we, we teach our kids, then it, it just, you know, we elevate others. That The offering is so, invo- it's so part of what we do. Then just bring it back next weekend and It'll be a part of our worship as we'll put that in together. So welcome to all of our campuses, week three, Heart for the Harvest. Again, I've gotten emails across all of our campuses of things that God has already done. Heart for the Harvest is one of my favorite times of the year. Absolutely love it. And as we talked about miracles, and part of miracles happening is us having faith, right? And so as promisers, We want a loud and a living faith, a faith that brings hope and healing in the silence and in the darkness, a faith that will bounce back over and over and over, no matter what happens to us, what happens around us, no matter what the world does, the culture does, that we are absolutely rock solid because we have a faith that will bounce back. Well, how can this be? You know, some of us have... We want that kind of faith, but we're not sure how to get there. We're not quite sure what the steps that we really are supposed to take. And so some of us have asked God to do some things in the past. Some of us have stepped up and, are, you know, God didn't do what we wanted or God didn't answer the prayer the way that we, the way that we thought that he would. And because of that, some of our, our faith has become fragile. It's like that glass. Well, God didn't hear me or God doesn't care about me. And if God really could do anything and he didn't do that for me. So, so what am I supposed to do now? What, what, what does God want to do now? Here's the truth. The living God desires a living faith from us, a faith that does what? A faith that bounces back. And I'm going to say this over and over so that next time you are tried, the next time that your faith is tested, The next time circumstances get difficult, you will remember this little blue ball. And you will say to God, God, I've got a faith that bounces back. I've got a faith that no matter what, I trust and believe in God. Is that kind of faith that we want at Faith Promise? So we're going to look at a chapter. I love this chapter. It's Hebrews chapter 11. It's incredible. So before we do that, let's bounce back to a verse that we've looked at the last couple weeks. Now, if you've missed any of the last two weekends, go online, go to our app, go to our podcast, and download the last two messages because it really builds a theological foundation. And we talked about what God does. We talked about our part of a miracle. We, and this weekend, we want to talk about, again, having a faith that bounces back. And so God says in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by and hearing by the 
Word of Christ. Faith, so let me ask you a question. Where does your faith come from? Where does it come from? You see, faith is simply an echo. An echo of who or an echo of what you, your hope is in, what your faith is in. Some of us, we, we have an echo of generations ago of a mama or papa, maybe a coach or a parent, maybe a friend or someone who began to speak life in you, who began to speak faith over you. And now as you've gotten older, those echoes have come back. And God has used those echoes to turn you back to him because God wants you to have that same kind of faith. Does that make sense? A faith that bounces back regardless of what's going on. So what is your faith bouncing off of? Is it bouncing off of the word, the written word? Is it bouncing off the spoken word, God speaking to us? Or are you bouncing off what other people think of you? Are you bouncing off what God thinks of you? Are you bouncing off what other people say about you? Or are you bouncing off what God says about you? Because it's incredible. If you're listening, say I am. It is incredible how some people have crept into our lives, especially when we're young and impressionable, and spoke something over us that wasn't true. Come on, are you with me? And let me tell you what, what we allow them to do. We allow them to put a governor on our life. A governor. When, when my kids were little, I bought a go-kart. Michelle was horrified. I said, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm just gonna, we don't have boys. They're going to have broken bones, but they're going to be boys. And so I brought this go-kart. We lived in Louisiana. We had a four-acre yard as flat as a pancake. The biggest mountain we saw was the overpass in Jennings. And so, but it was, a, it was a pretty, so what I did is I governed the engine down. The engine could not run at its peak performance until the kids got a little older and they can handle that. And what has happened is we are bouncing off what some people have said about us that is not true, and it has governed God's potential in our lives. We believe we can't, we believe God can't, we believe God won't, we believe I can't. I wish I could, I wish I could serve, I wish I give, I wish I could soar with God, but you don't understand. No, you've got to have your faith bounce off what God says about you, not everybody else. Does that make sense? Come on, somebody give God some praise. Your future, what's your future bouncing off of? What other people have said you can or can't do or what God's preferred future in your life is. This weekend, I want to challenge you at every campus to have a faith that is going to bounce back, a faith that bounces off of what God says about you, a faith that bounces off of what God knows about you, what God's future, a faith that is living and active and loud. And let me tell you what will happen. Listen, this is one of the coolest things about faith. Your faith that Jesus does not come back will be a faith that will echo for the next several generations. Are you with me? I want my faith to echo through my kids. I want my faith to echo through my grandkids. I want my faith to echo through faith promise. I want my faith to echo to another generation. Are y'all with me? Come on, that's what God wants. Matter of fact, we see that in Hebrews chapter 11. It is the hall of fame of faith. And so you want to read some incredible stories Go to Hebrews 11, look up everybody, then go find them in the Bible and read their story. None of them were perfect. Some of them actually did some horrible things. Isn't that incredible? God used them anyway. 
He's a bunch of murderers, a bunch of liars, a bunch of thieves, a bunch of adulterers. Are you with me? Thank God he uses broken people. Thank God for grace. Man, thank God for grace. Grace is getting what I don't deserve. Thank God for mercy, not getting what I do deserve. Are you with me? Come on, I love me some grace and mercy. That's why I believe God to do great things, not because I deserve them, but because God loves to give them. Does this make sense? So what I want to do, I want to I do something. Every time you hear the words, by faith, in these verses, I want you to say bounce. What are you going to say? Bounce. What are you going to say? Bounce. All right, every time you see by faith, I want you to shout out bounce. Through Hebrews 11, not all of them, some of them. By faith, bounce. the men of old gained approval. And by faith, bounce. Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts. And through faith... Though he, though he is dead, he still does what? He's still echoing thousands and thousands of years later. Come on. And by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was found because God took him up. For he obtained a witness that before his being taken up, he was what? How'd you like to have God write about you? That they're pleasing to me. By faith. Noah, being warned by God about the things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Next, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out of a place which he was to receive an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. And by faith... He lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. See, it's bouncing generation and generation, for which he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. One more. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life. Ladies, pregnant at 90. Abraham, 100, shoot me in the head. <laughs> See, God gives kids to young people for a reason. Are you with me? Come on. <laughs> Where were we? Since she considered him God, what? Faithful who had promised. Bounce, what's your faith bouncing off of. God speaking his word. See, when, you, when you're bouncing off God, let me tell you what bounces back. God's approval bounces back. God's pleasure, God's righteousness, God's promises, they, back, they just continue bouncing. And when circumstances and all hell breaks loose, you can look around and say, hey, listen, God's gonna come through. Let me tell you what I believe God's gonna do. Let me tell you what God has done in the past. Let me tell you what I'm gonna do. When your, fight, when your faith lies dormant, when it is fragile like this glass that was right here, then you doubt God's approval. You doubt God's goodness. You doubt God's, God's place. You doubt God's promises. And then you don't think that you're going to receive anything from God. See, what the enemy wants is you to have a stillborn faith clenching tightly in your fist. 
The enemy doesn't want you standing up in this month of miracles and going and being anointed and prayed for for healing. The enemy doesn't want you standing up in body life and praying for prodigals and marriages. The enemy doesn't want you engaging. The enemy doesn't want you to believe God for healing and God for provision. The enemy wants you to grab your heart for the harvest envelope tightly in your fist. And when time for the offering to say, I can't give this year, I'm going to give next year. Why? Because your faith is not, you don't have a bounce back kind of faith. You've got a tight-fisted kind of faith. And can I tell you something about a tight fist? It is impossible for God to put anything in that. Are you all with me? And it, so what do we do? We, we develop, we seek God for a faith that will bounce back. God doesn't want you to have a fragile faith. That's why he allows testing in your life. Yeah, but I don't like testing. I know. But if you'll consider it all joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, if you will look at God and say, God, this faith, you didn't, you're not surprised at this. You know where I am. I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm going to believe you to do incredible things. God, I just trust you in the midst of this. That makes sense? See, it is God's desire for you to have the kind of faith in your life that's going to bounce back. It's just going to keep bouncing. And when you face things, you're going to keep bouncing back. Ask God to speak to you and give you that rhema that Revelation 10 talks about. And search God's word and give you things for, for your faith to bounce off. Look, search the promises of God for your faith to bounce off of. Have a faith that is bouncing back, a faith that is living and loud, is active. Does this make sense? Even in obeying God, as God is speaking to thousands of us about Heart for the Harvest offering next weekend, can I tell you, those people who obey God, their faith is going to be more like rubber, but the faith people who do not, their faith is going to be far more fragile. Listen, Paul, you know, Paul, Paul talked to the church. He said, listen, I'm asking the Corinthian church, hey, you guys said you take an offering. I don't want it for the money. I want it to what's going to happen to you as you give it. Does that make sense? Come on, grow up. Put your big boy, it's, put your big boy pants on. Is it okay? And so it's about, it's about having a faith that bounces back. It's about having faith that will, that, will, that will just continue to move, a faith that is rubber, not a faith that is glass. See, the echo is a lot like this ball. An echo is simply something that is a sound that is gone, hits something solid and comes back. It bounces off and it comes back, just like this ball bounces up and it comes back. An echo is something that someone said before that is still bouncing back today. Does that make sense? The, the people that we studied it, Enoch, he had a faith that bounced back. He preached for 300 years and got so close to God that God said, hey, today after his quiet time, just come to my house. Just come to my house. Man, I'm loving hanging out with you. Just come to my house. Did he have a hard ministry? Yes, yeah, sure he did, 300 years. But you know what? His faith is still speaking to us today because even though he was ridiculed, he pleased God. Noah, Noah, 120 years building a boat in the middle of a field that had never been wet. Certainly never sent enough water to float anything. 120 years, people mocking and laughing at him. 120 years, people making fun of him. And his faith just kept bouncing right off the promise of God that it's going to rain. It's never rained before. It's going to rain today. And we're going to get in that. I'm going to save my family and anybody else that wants to come. There's an ark. It's called the gospel today, isn't it? 
It's our ark that we can get in and we're safe. So Noah's faith bounced off. When God speaks, there's an echo. So when God speaks, how does, how does your faith respond? See, some of us feel like our, you know, if we throw our faith out there, it's not going to bounce back. But if we throw our faith into the darkness, what will come back to me? What if it's out there where I can't see? A place where only God can move and respond. So that's why we clutch so tightly to our faith. That's why we don't have a faith that bounces because we're afraid to let go of it because we're afraid of what will happen to it. And yet the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without, it is impossible to. Anybody want to please God? Anybody at, come on, in any campus. Come on, Farragut. Tom Timmy Anderson. If you want to please God, then you've got to come to God with faith. That's why you want a faith that will bounce back. Does this, does this make sense? For, for those of us who come to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that seek him. God is waiting to come through. God is waiting to reward. God is waiting to move. Right there where you think God won't move, or he can't move, or he's not going to move. Right when you think he's, he's done, God will move in. God is waiting to transform your faith from fragile to a to a ball, to rubber that will bounce back no matter what the world or anybody else does to you. That's the kind of faith God wants. The kind of faith we saw last week where Jesus allowed himself to be crucified. The kind of faith where Noah built the boat. The kind of faith where Abraham left the city, or the Chaldees, to go to a land that he didn't even know where he was going. The kind of faith that Enoch had for 300 years. The kind of faith that Sarah had that God could give her a child. The kind, that's the kind of faith God wants us to have. Uh, yeah, those are heroes of faith, but can we have that kind of faith? You better believe we can. We've just got to be, how do we do it, Pastor? We activate it. We begin using it. If you got a muscle, you quit using it, that muscle goes away, doesn't it? atrophies and falls apart. Maybe you're here and you've never really put your faith in God. You never really put your faith in someone else because you know that everybody else, and maybe even God's going to let me down. But there's a problem is this, that we all drop the ball. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet dropping the ball, Jesus died for us. The Bible said if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him to the dead, we'll be saved. It's an act of faith. And some of you now, are, you really realize the world's always going to let you down, didn't it? It's always going to fail you. We're going to fail. There's only one person who never fails, and that's God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will be with us. Remember when we got ready for the healing, we talked about the Roman centurion who trusted God. So if you're ready to trust God at all of our campuses, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray a simple, confessional prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come in my heart. By faith, save me. I'll follow you. I will live for you forever. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. All God's people said. Woo! Isn't it good to be in the house of God? My, my mercy.
Now, if you just pray with me, if you'll pull the communication card out online, you can click right there, go to the chat room, the rest of us, pull the card out, do peel the top part, go to the bottom where it says, I made a first-time decision, check that circle. Just go ahead and check the next one. I'm going to follow him in believer's baptism. And then I want to challenge you to check the third one. Because next steps is our. So if you've not been to our next steps experience, this is week one. You and I and some other people are via video going to hop in my truck and we're going to take a drive down memory lane. We're going to see where faith promise has been and where faith promise is going. We're going to see what God's desire for you is and how you can be a part of what God is doing here. An incredible weekend to be a part of Next Steps. Saturday night, you can stick around the second service at 615. Sunday, at all of our campuses, it's at the 1130 service. So you can stick around, check the card out. I want to challenge you, man, just stick around. Amen? If you haven't done, just stick around. You can go get your kids, check them right back in and go to Next Steps. The folks will take care of you. The, the, the kids' ministry will take care of them so you can find out what your next step is with God. Is that cool? Now, we're just here for you. So we're about to move into worship through generosity. And as we give, let me just tell you, last week I was with, a week ago I was one of my mentors, John Maxwell. Uh, we are, we're part of the team that helps support, equip his not-for-profit who has trained, you've heard me say, six million leaders, leaders in every nation in the planet. In the This year so far, 70,000 people have given their heart to Jesus and received their first Bible as a gift from you. Uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Last three years, 120,000 people have come to faith. I've actually been in some of those crusades with John and and led some in Africa. It's incredible what God is doing. So as we get ready to give, understand that our generosity moves the kingdom of God. Our faith and obedience moves the heart of God. So this weekend, we bring our regular tithes and offerings. Next weekend is when we really sacrifice and trust God and provide in unique ways. So Father, I pray you'll bless this offering. I pray you'll bless the gift and the giver in a supernatural way. God, move into such a degree to such a degree that lives are changed forever. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, come on, give him a shout as we get ready.